1: This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. RSA has wrapped up. Researchers see increasingly sophisticated campaigns targeting mobile devices, more discussion of the Ukrainian grid hack... France's parliament moves to preempt the Apple-FBI dispute from reappearing in France. And as healthcare threats rise, we learn about that sector's threat models from the University of Maryland's Marcus Roshecker. I'm Dave Bittner, back in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Friday, March 4, 2016. RSA wrapped up yesterday. We're working through the interviews we conducted, and we'll be publishing several special retrospective reports on the conference's trends and tendencies next week. For today, we'll simply note that the Department of Justice seems to be occupying an increasingly lonely position in its dispute with Apple over the jihadist iPhone. Former senior officials from intelligence and homeland security agencies seem to be trending, perhaps surprisingly, toward Team Apple. And even current senior officials from the U.S. Department of Defense showed strong encryption, and with it the commercial cybersecurity industry, a whole lot of love. Turning from RSA to the big world outside the Moscone Center, we see that Kaspersky reports that the Nikon threat group, active for more than a year in Southeast Asia, seems to have ceased operations or at least dropped from sight. The U.S. has taken an increasingly aggressive approach to ISIS in cyberspace. Senior U.S. officials have repeatedly promised over the week that American cyber attacks will substantially degrade ISIS capabilities. ISIS appears to be earning money through various forms of currency manipulation. While this isn't exclusively being done online, it certainly touches the Internet at many points. One wonders whether the renewed U.S. cyber offensive against ISIS communications, which according to several reports is having some effect, will eventually turn to interdiction of monetary remittance systems. The attack on Western Ukraine's power grid last December attracts further analysis. The attacks were apparently Russian, but whether state-sponsored, state-inspired, or freelance criminal remains up for dispute. Recorded Future compares its sources on black energy and related, or at least correlated, attack traffic. It notes that suspiciously small subnets seem to be an interesting indicator that there's something untoward going on. Tripwire also takes a look at the attack on the Ukrainian grid and draws a general lesson. Most control systems in power generation, power distribution, and elsewhere would prove vulnerable to similar attacks. The Triada Trojan currently afflicting Android devices is, according to researchers at Kaspersky Labs, as complex as any Windows malware. Kaspersky sees the growing complexity and sophistication of mobile malware as a reflection of criminals diverting their attention toward relatively poorly protected mobile systems. The researchers suggest that increasingly well-protected desktops and laptops may be driving criminals toward softer targets. But this is far from clear, and the phenomenon may well be overdetermined. The dramatic increase in mobile usage would seem equally well accounted for on familiar Willie Sutton-esque grounds. You go after mobile devices because that's where the money is. Cisco updated its switches Wednesday. Among the fixes was removal of weak static credentials. In industry news, observers are struck by a growing degree of cooperation among companies one might normally expect to have a purely competitive relationship. In the continuing dispute between Apple and the FBI over government OS, Apple has, as we've seen, picked up a surprisingly large number of partisans among former senior U.S. intelligence and security officials. The Department of Justice is hanging tough, but it's occupying an increasingly lonely position. The French Parliament, however, seems closer to Team DOJ. The National Assembly is moving forward with legislation designed to punish companies who provide encryption that blocks, slows, or otherwise impedes police investigations. A party that's been quiet so far in public debate about the relative merits of the Apple and FBI cases is NSA. Beyond its director's recent encryption-friendly remarks, the agency has stayed on the sidelines. The Intercept speculates that NSA has four reasons for doing so. One, the NSA tried to help but couldn't. Two, the NSA could help but doesn't want to, presumably for fear that helping would disclose capabilities it would prefer foreign governments remain unaware of. Three, the NSA isn't allowed to help, or finally, the FBI doesn't want the NSA's help, presumably because the Bureau would prefer setting a precedent. And finally, another online dating site. The service is Mate One, according to Motherboard, and they suffered a breach with a hacker selling 27 million account passwords in a dark web black market. So far, we've not seen reports of blackmail, but there are some technical, not necessarily adulterous similarities with Ashley Madison in the episode. Passwords were poorly constructed and protected, and the service itself was, reports say, a familiar kettle of catfish. Lovelorn boys and girls, beware. Especially you boys. Why do you fall for this stuff? That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me is Marcus Rosshecker from the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. They're one of our academic and research partners. Marcus will hear a lot about safety and security in the healthcare industry, but there's been talk recently that those in healthcare are looking at the wrong threat model, that they're focused on the protection of patient data rather than patient safety.
0: I think everyone knows by now that the healthcare sector is a prime target for cyber attacks, uh, and they're very vulnerable. But now we're seeing that there is a real risk to overall patient healthcare because of all the medical devices that are being used to uh, to help patients, and these devices are connected uh, to the network. So um, these devices that we're seeing are um, certainly very helpful in treating patients, but they're also very vulnerable. So, there's a real risk there that uh, these devices that are being used are, are going to be attacked and uh, could ultimately harm the patient.
1: So, are you seeing healthcare providers responding to these recommendations?
0: We're seeing that uh, the healthcare industry is taking note of this issue and this, this risk. Um, we're also seeing that uh, others are trying to help the healthcare industry uh, address this problem. Uh, The Food and Drug Administration, for example, recently came out with guidelines on protecting medical devices. End users of medical devices could turn to these guidelines and and use these guidelines to help put forth a, a better risk strategy and to better protect the devices that they're using. Of course, the problem is that these guidelines are voluntary, um, so we'll have to just hope that uh, that the users of the medical devices will end up taking note of these guidelines and implementing them. We're also seeing that in the recent Cybersecurity Act of 2015, uh, uh, while everyone talks about the information sharing aspect of that law, there was also a section in there that establishes a healthcare. Sector working group. Um, This working group is going to be studying the problem in the healthcare sector when it comes to cybersecurity and will hopefully put forth some guidelines and recommendations that the healthcare sector can use to improve its cybersecurity. And part of what the law also does is uh, require that a voluntary framework, um, just like the framework that we've seen come out of NIST for the uh, critical infrastructure sectors, a voluntary framework will be created for the healthcare sector specifically. Um, this voluntary framework will also put forth standards and guidelines and best practices that should be implemented by the healthcare sector to really get a more comprehensive approach to cybersecurity within the sector.
1: Marcus Roshecker, thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks very much.
1: Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K CyberWire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network.